1: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
2: All right. Here yeah, I no, no. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by
1: managers. <laughs>
3: Dumpty okay. w- ha-
4: This is Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, ordering my flat white along with two bakewell tarts. And I'm Katie Plumpton trying to decide if I need a medium or a large cappuccino. And then there's you lot, our lovely Dumpty Dummers queuing up with us at the tea room to order your hot drinks. But will we leave a tip for Emma this week? Well, Dumpty Dum is the people's podcast. And on this episode, we have 11 caller-innerers. We hear from... Claire from Clapham, who needs to have a word about Wordle. Lee from Cookham, who is apoplectic.
5: Lillian, who's not liking the storyline. Bernadette and Tindara, who are ticked off with
4: Tom. Doris, whose prediction was right. Jen, who has an important petition for us to sign. Richard, who has a prediction about George. Pip, who is finally celebrating.
5: Rob. Who's calling in because of serendipity? Quentin Q, who is calling in to
4: help one of us. And Witherspoon, who's celebrating the meetup. Plus, we have The Week in Ambridge by Suey, a roundup of the Dumpty Dum Facebook group by Rob, and the three Twitter gongs, Bronze, Silver, and Gold by Purple Pumpkin. Marvellous. Now, before Katie and I start chatting too much, let's remind ourselves of what happened this week with a roundup of The Week in Ambridge from our Suey. <music>
6: Lovely people,
7: it's Siri Queen or Tart on the Twitters and another week in Anchorage. So it turns out that Tracy and Jazza failed to get married in Scotland due to some pesky laws that even the scriptwriters couldn't ignore. Jazza came home and went back to Barrow on light duties, and some bunty was clearly hung to welcome him back. Even on light duties, he would be more effective than George. Tracy was confused because number six, the green, is cleaner than when she went away. Pending any other intel over a Donald George-sponsored Saturday night party, I think we have to assume that Mia is a domestic goddess or is having a very good effect on young Brad. Miles, a.k.a. Rob's brother, was a manipulative (coughs) f*** to Helen. He started out trying to get information out of her, then moved on to her trying to take Rob back into her life in some format, and finally sharing Jack with him and their father. It's clear Miles and Rob were brought up by the same man. And like, acknowledge she felt sorry for Rob to Kirsty. I think anyone human might feel the same way. Kirsty offered to postpone her Prague trip with Eric, but I'm glad to say she's still off for a dirty weekend. Emma went too far by there in long margin, accusing Hannah when she went to get breakfast at the tea room. Hannah pointed out that George has a problem with strong women, and then Emma told her to shut up and stop spreading rumours. I thought she was going to refuse to serve her. Emma tried to smarm up Tony taking him a croissant and a cappuccino whilst interfering to get George a job at Bridge Farm. George thinks he's going to do a mixed-media collage of the farm using his film director skills, but actually he's going to be fruit-picking. So he's just got the one chance, or he's out on his ear. That's not going to end well, is it? Tom, Tony and Pat had very different reactions to the news from Helen that Rob is dying. Sausage Boy was positively delighted, but Pat showed some actual humanity. Tony told Tom to leave it, and when he carried on, left the building in a half. Later, there was some shouting, and Tony got very upset about what Rob had done to his daughter. Barely a dry eye in the house. Will decided it was time to stick his oar in and went to stir things up further with Neil. He got both barrels from Neil, who told him about the warnings and the bad attitude. It seems an intervention is in order, and George was duly ambushed by Will, Emma and Ed. That probably didn't help matters. George burned all his bridges in one go. He let Rip, telling Will that he couldn't even get his wife back when she was shagging Ed behind his back. Then he called Emma, you know, his mum, a slut, and she let loose the big slap. He's an adult now, apparently, so I do hope they stop coddling him and tell him to sort his own life out and stop giving him somewhere to live, money and food on the table. I'm sure whatever happens, it will all turn out to be Emma's fault. Fallon had to bake a second birthday cake because Tom had apparently said two cakes for the small children's birthday, and if she didn't deliver, then she wouldn't get the tea room longer lease. Fallon felt she had no choice but to make the second cake. Tony ended up at the birthday party of the year, my, didn't it sound fun, falling over carrying cake number two, and then a mound of small children ended up shoveling it into their cobs with their hands off the picnic kit. Everyone was delighted with the result, apart from Fallon. Oh, and Eddie is going to get his come and over the fate. Lindy Bottom has a bit of a plan. That's pretty much everything. Where else one week? Until next week, then, my lovelies.
4: Oh, that was a brilliant round-up, Suey. Thank you so much. A lot to cover. So, Katie, what have you been up to this week? Um, been really busy, actually. It's been graduation at the university, so... Uh,
5: I've got to play supervisor oh. and boss people around, which is quite nice. <laughs> did you have a clipboard? I did. Well, I had one of my many notebooks. So uh, yeah, <laughs> still felt very important. It's a nice time at the university because obviously everyone's celebrating and it's a nicer time than all the exam stress yeah. and everything else. So been getting everyone ready for graduation. So it's good times.
4: And does it quieten down then in the sort of summer holidays or are you actually just... Well, the busy? uni does. Yes, but for your job.
5: Yeah, our our office, it just gets worse. This is our busiest time now. So yeah, we have to deal with all the reassessments and registration and yeah, it's... It's all all hands on deck now. So busy until March next year now. And then excited about the Barbie movie, obviously. So yes. celebrate the weekend. You're going to see that tomorrow. Can't wait. Yeah, going to wear full pink outfit. All the jazz. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't think my boyfriend knows what to expect. <laughs>
4: Well, he'll find out soon enough. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be good. Are you planning on seeing it? Yes, I'm due to see it on Thursday, but I don't think oh. I have many pink clothes to wear, so I may need a whole new wardrobe.
5: I think you definitely do. I found some great PJs from uh, Tesco and I'm hoping that I can rock them as real clothes. <laughs> but you're going in them, are you? I hope so, yeah. I think I might try. <laughs> it depends how brave I'm feeling. Yeah, the are shorts, Katie. I'm just, you're being very positive about the weather, but I like it. Yeah, might need tights because cinemas can be a bit cold.
4: Oh, very good. Well, that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you lot, our lovely caller-innerers. Hello, Ambridge
7: 3962.
4: And first of all, we have Claire from Clapham who needs to have words about Wordle. Hi, Dumpty
8: Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. I'm sure I have things to say about the Archers, probably about how Emma and Hannah are squaring up to each other. Isn't Emma
9: like I love Emma a lot, but she does have her blind spots and failings, and she's definitely demonstrating them this week. And Bridge Farm. Folks, so, again, still
5: being useless and not talking to each other about stuff they should talk to each other about and deliberately having conversations behind each other's backs. And on the subject of that, I was prompted to call because, for a bit of a joke, really. I was doing my word all this morning and I used the word
9: twonk, as in Tom is a twonk. And I thought, oh, it will tell me it's not a real word. And it is. I thought it was just the kind of word we use to describe Tom. within a kind of Archer's fan
5: context but it turns out Twonk is actually a word that's accepted by Wordle so there you go there's a top tip it's actually quite a good one to use today which is the 19th of July but it'll be too late for you
4: to know that by the time this goes out anyway keep up the good work and I'll see you soon bye Oh, thanks, Claire. That's brilliant. And happy birthday for this week as well. Yes, I love that word. I just think it's great. I like the word Twazak as well. I often use that when I'm driving with the kids in the car and I want to use a different type of word for someone who is driving and in another car and not behaving appropriately. And I can't really use the words that I'd like to. So twazuk is my my chosen phrase. And I think that works for Tom just as well. He never changes, does he? Tom just doesn't think. He has no empathy and emotional intelligence. I know we've said it before, but honestly, I just don't know what to make of it. And I don't know what to make of this non-wedding nonsense with Tracy and Jazza. I mean, I thought they'd be able to go to Gretna Green and get married there, but apparently you need 29 days notice there as well. Does it mean we've got more painful scenes of Confusion about people thinking they're married coming up. I
5: don't know. Yeah, it sounds like that's going to carry on for quite a while. Yeah, I I thought Gretna Green you could just turn up. I don't know if that's changed to be twenty nine days. It has changed. Uh,
4: yeah, it has changed. Yeah,
5: because yeah, that always change. used to be the place to run away to, didn't it? Yes. But I had to Google it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I do like the word twonk though. That's quite a good one for Wordle. I've not played it for a while, but that you I wrote it down. As Claire was talking, and that uses up some really good letters.
4: (laughs) So it could be one of those base ones that you put in every time to see what happens. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, you get rid of some weird and wonderful letters. (laughs) Oh, no, that's a great first call. Thank you, Claire. And now we go to Lee from Cookham, who is apoplectic.
8: Good morning, Lee from Cookham here. Fourth attempt at trying to leave a message because it keeps failing on me. Fingers crossed for Sachar. Yeah, I've just listened to Thursday night's episode on Friday morning, as I usually do on my dog walk. And yeah, I'm just flabbergasted at George and his, his absolute explosion at his three parents. But I am glad he's done it. I think it will finally, finally show Emma what an absolute rotter he is. I really hope that she... Won't excuse this behavior because I would be devastated if my child spoke to me like that. I definitely think Ed's a little bit more wise to it all. He seems less inclined to excuse his behavior. But Emma, oh, absolutely ludicrous. So I'm hoping, yes, that she sees that he's definitely, well, I'd say actually categorically mentally ill to be like that. And maybe he needs help. Not so much a telling off. He actually needs to go and speak to someone because the way he spoke to those three was Excusable, really. Absolutely awful. Anyway, I'm sure you'll get plenty of messages about it because it was quite dramatic. And that was just my tuppence worth. No doubt I'll call in next time on apoplectic about something. Great show. Bye.
5: Well, first of all, thanks for trying four times, Lee. So well done for finally getting (laughs) through. Perseverance. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally agree with you about the George explosion. I was driving to work when that happened. And I'd just pulled into my parking space, all calm, ready to go to work. And then George (laughs) let rip at Emma. And I just shrieked at the radio, just thinking, what on earth? (laughs) I I think I'd get far worse than a slap if I said that to my (laughs) mum. I don't know what I'd get, but flipping egg. Yeah, he definitely needs some help and guidance, not just a firm telling off, I think. There's definitely more going on. Like people have been thinking.
4: I mean, it's bad enough when you're young and you've got two parents telling you off. Having three parents have a go at you must be really bad. And yes. yes, it must be awful to be teased and the subject of gossip. But you know, at what point do you rise above that and and not use things as an excuse? I mean, he went for Will grieving Nick and saying Nick wasn't all that. He went for Ed. With being on drink and drugs. And then he went for for Emma being a slut. And you know, hopefully when Emma said, Who are you? She finally saw him for, for what he was. But also on the on the
5: upside, it was quite handy for people who maybe haven't been listening as long. <laughs> it's a good recap. <laughs> <laughs> so people have actually got quite a good recap about Nick and Will and <laughs> <laughs> just get to go through everything again. So
4: yeah, it's actually quite handy. Yeah, maybe he could go round to all the residents of the village, (laughs) and within a few words has summed it up. You don't need an hour's recap. You just need George and his takedowns.
5: Just George on a Friday, just shouting at (laughs) one random person every Friday. (laughs) I'd
4: listen to that. Actually, I think that could that would be quite good. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Lee, that was great. Thank you so much. And now we go to Lillian, who is
9: not liking the storyline. Hi, Philippa, Katie, cool. and all dumpty dummers everywhere. Lillian McCarthy calling from Middlesbrough, and I want to talk about George. Probably not the only one calling in this week about George. This storyline don't like where it's going. Just listened to Thursday's episode tonight's episode and I think the guy Angus I think he caught his call who plays George is a terrific actor and what I would like to happen is that I would like it if it would be possible to get Angus to come onto the podcast and talk about George and the storyline the way it it is being developed, and what he thinks about the character. I know we all don't like him. I think there is a degree of sympathy for the way that things have worked out for him, but not enough to make us like him. And I think that Emma has well and truly had her eyes open in respect of George this week. She surely can't continue to deny that he is definitely at fault in the way that he has behaved. So those are my thoughts, everybody. So I shall clear out here and speak to everybody soon. Bye for now.
4: Oh, Lillian, thank you so much for calling in. That was wonderful. And yeah, great idea to get Angus on. I think it'd be so interesting to hear his view. And as you say, great acting. I mean, George strikes me as being just a master manipulator. And he used tears this week, like Rob did. I remember when he was interviewed by the police in hospital after his injury. And he was crying and getting their sympathy. And it just felt like that when I listened to George, I mean, part of me would rather have George as a baddie any day than Rob, but I just fear fast forward a few years and the two could be very much the same. I mean, George was, you know, offering Tony to video more stuff on the farm. It was so manipulative and saying, oh, I promise. And talking about what had happened at Barrow, it's all lies. It was the manipulation of men this week. George, Miles, even Eddie and the fake nonsense oh and don't get me started on Susan oh he's misunderstood and he's more sensitive than he lets on no no see the light Susan see the light definitely yeah it would be great to hear from
5: the actual actor just to see how he feels about the character and I Mm. bet it's a great storyline to be working on because you get to get to try all these different um, emotions and everything but yeah, it is it is interesting. It's scary how it's going to
4: develop, I think. It, you know, George is using his background as as an excuse and it makes me fear for Jack as well when he you know gets older and discovers who or what his father was that's true. You know, there's two ways that could go that could push you to become you know it could really affect you and, and your behavior or you couldn't use that as a reason not to go down that road and and to be you know a really good better person um, but, yeah, it you know, George doesn't really have the excuse. I imagine it could affect Jack much more in future years.
5: Mm, interesting.
4: Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. We will indeed. <laughs> but Lillian, that was a wonderful call. Thank you so much. And now we go to Bernadette and Tindara, who are ticked off with
2: Tom. Hi there, Dumpty dummers. It's Bernadette Hawkes here at Archers Fan 2015. And I'm with a fellow listener.
8: Hello, I am Tyndall. I haven't been a caller inera before, but I have been a sapper And I'm Olive
7: McDoty on Twitter.
2: And she's very cross and very angry, aren't yes,
7: you?
8: Yes, I am. Tom, what are you thinking? And also, Emma, you're
2: crazy. Well, I, I couldn't believe... I was all right at first with Tom, and then he said, good news. I said, what? What? And as I've tweeted... I'm having a philosophical debate with myself about, Web- about his stance on this matter.
7: Yeah. I mean, I think that obviously none of us are pleased to see Rob again. And, but, you know, to, to be gleeful about his death is a bit much, really, Tom. And also, poor Tony, of course, it's going to be a sensitive subject.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Then, I mean, this was a full on episode. We had well, first we have Tom. You know, Emma, and then we have Tom, and then we have Tony exploding across the air. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's too much to take. I mean, it's only 5 o'clock, but I think I might need a gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So I think we better stop now, otherwise, you know, things could get very explosive. Yeah, I think we'll calm now. down we'll, now. We'll calm down now. Yeah. So, thanks <laughs> for listening to us, Dr. Dumb dummers.
5: Bye. Bye. Ooh, brilliant. I think ticked off was probably quite a, a yeah. tame word for how they were actually feeling. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah um, <laughs> God. Blame them. welcome to the podcast, Tindara. Please make sure you keep calling back. So always yeah. welcome a new caller in So welcome to the show. Definitely a philosophical debate with Tom. I totally get what you're saying and everything. It, it was a very, very explosive conversation and definitely not something we would call good news at all.
4: Yes, and uh, Tony's now, you know, he used the phrase, I'm going to check on the Anguses just when he needs to go and cool down. I'm going to use that now with my family (laughs) if I've had enough (laughs) and I need to go and have a moment. (laughs) I'm going to check on the Anguses. Really good idea. (laughs) But yes, they said about Emma being crazy. Emma seemed just possessed. It was like when she was moving house or wanted to move house and she got those mood boards and what needed the money. She just didn't stop to think. It's like a, a mafia mother whose son comes home from brutal stuff and cooks him a fry up and kisses him. You know, I just... She knows he's bad. She knew about the warnings he'd had at Barrow Farm and, and she didn't even tell him that he'd only have one chance with Tony. In a way, she's like George. She blames everyone else. She doesn't accept any ownership herself. I have to say, though, one of my favourite moments this week was the tea room scene with Hannah and Emma. Emma's voice next was filled with so <laughs> much anger and she did the most aggressive card payment I've ever, I've ever heard. Nothing goes through that, that quickly, but it was, yeah, I just thought, I just love that. I'm sorry, it did make me chuckle a bit.
5: <laughs> it probably didn't even work. She was just kind of, they tried to do it and she just wanted to get rid of her. So she was like, next. No, moving on. Yeah.
4: Can have it for free. Don't care. I was thinking, well, why has the coffee machine broken at Farm? What's the relevance of that? And then I realised Hannah was heading Mm. to the tea rooms and I drew up a chair. I was like, I am here for this. Come on, Hannah. (laughs) Let's show us what you're made of. Definitely. Yeah. I think Emma might (laughs) be having her blinkers slowly removed or quite quickly removed. Yeah. Very good. No, that's the Super cool, Bernadette and Tindara. That was wonderful. Thank you very much. And now we go on to Doris,
7: whose prediction was right. Hello, my lovelies out in Archer Land, all over the world. This is Smug Doris coming from you, calling submitting this from the shores of Long Island Sound in Connecticut where I'm taking care of my Joe Grundy, my dad, who is a 101. Anyway, I'm calling because, just as I predicted three weeks ago, or maybe two, guess who has a glioblastoma? The evil, irrational, sexist villain, Rob Titchener. All right, I'm sure that other people have said lots of things and I'm almost at my, I'm more than a halfway through this. So, and I'm pausing a lot and I'm not scripted. So I'm going to go. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, Doris.
4: And you, wow, your dad's 101. That's wonderful and good for you taking care of him. And your prediction was right. Well done. Yeah, let's, can we talk about Miles in particular? That's what I, I just want to have a, word about because you know when he said oh you guys had your challenges to Helen about her and Rob you know surely this is bigger than that utter nonsense Miles is just a slightly diluted Rob he's like Miles is a squash if Rob is the fruit juice they're both (laughs) you know not not pleasant and when my, I am, okay, I'm making a prediction here as well. Doris made her prediction and she was right. I'm going to make a prediction and obviously it'll be wrong. my noise are, but anyway, I'll go for it. Miles was talking about Jack and saying, my nephew, my father's grandson. So I'm just wondering, will this really all go away when Rob's no longer here? You know, Miles has already demonstrated he's manipulative. He hasn't got the empathy. He doesn't care about Helen. He's overbearing. And this my nephew, my father's grandson, will they want contact with Jack? Will they insist on it? This could, you know, this this could last Jack's lifetime. It really could could be ongoing. But as I say, my predictions are almost 100% wrong. So there we are. <laughs> so we'll never hear from Miles again. <laughs> yeah. I have got a quick question actually.
5: Because I wasn't listening that much before the whole Robin Helen stabbing bit. So was Miles around a lot or not? Or yeah. Did we
4: hear from him? No. Now people are going to shout me down. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Put you on the spot. Yes, thanks. We heard of him because we knew that he worked on the far on the father's farm. So we knew of that. Did we hear him? At any point in the court case, I don't think we did. But to be honest, I could bear, I found it so hard to listen to all those scenes with Rob. I would have to, I would listen on my headphones. I would always have to take one headphone out because it seemed to dilute how awful it was just listening through one headphone. (laughs) I don't know why I did that, but anyway. And so maybe I missed it. I'm not aware of hearing his actual voice until recent Mm. times, but we were aware of him. But everyone can call in and, and tell me I was wrong. I'm very happy to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) so there we go those are the first five calls and there are more absolutely brilliant ones coming up shortly so hold on for those now if you would like to contribute to this madness you would be so very welcome there are three ways
5: you can get involved the first option is to record a message or a plot prediction by going to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum don't forget the t in the middle the next option is to send us a voice note or message via WhatsApp on 07810 or plus 44 and remove the first zero if you're calling in from outside the UK. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. Or finally, you can email us. We have a new email you can contact us on if you would rather write to us with our views. Maximum of 250 words, please. The email address, drumroll is Dumptydum at mail.com. Let's repeat that. It's dumptidum at mail.com. Do bear in mind, you need to be at least 18 to take part and contribute.
4: Now, don't worry about trying to write all of that down now, as we've provided links to those three ways of contributing. And you'll find those links in the show notes for this episode. They are there now waiting for you. Right, let's get back to our calls. And first of all, we have Jen, who has a very important petition for us to sign.
6: Greetings, everyone in, in Dundee Dumbland. Jen here calling in about the Rob storyline. I have to say, it, it's good drama. We've got two fantastic actors, Helen and Rob, are both amazing. So, of course, to an extent, it's enjoyable. And yeah, I've been guilty as much as anyone of, oh yeah, well, karma, or couldn't happen to a nicer fellow, or all of those sort of things which are going around on Twitter. But at the same time, I really don't like that if Rob had to meet fate, that fate was cancer. And I guess the reason is within our community, they're, you know, fortunately not within my family, but certainly within my Twitter family, glioblastoma it is a terrible thing. There are two or three of the people that I follow who have lost children or young people to this disease. Glioblastoma kills more children and adults under 40 than any other cancer, and yet it attracts less than 1% of the funding in cancer research. This week, I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but this week is Glioblastoma Awareness Week. And usually in these kind of storylines and drama, when they crop up, there's a bit of public education and a lot of sympathy. And it can do good, dramas, using a real-life condition like this. I mean, as we know, the Helen and Rob storyline generated a lot for support of domestic violence, which was excellent. But because of Rob's character, I can't see it going the same way and raising awareness and funds for this terrible, one of the, really is genuinely one of the nastiest cancers in young people. So with that in mind, I think it would be great if we could all go to braintumorresearch.org and there is a petition at the moment to increase funding for this this terrible cancer. They're just looking for 100,000 signatures. So if we could get out there and get behind that, I think that would be excellent.
5: Definitely. Thank you very much for sharing that petition, Jen. It's um it is something really important. And it is actually something close to my family as well, but not for the horrible side of it, which is yeah, definitely the main side of it. But my cousin actually lives in Germany and um he's one of the head researchers for sorting out well not sorting out, but discovering glioblastomas and helping to develop it and try and find cures and helping wow. kids who get, yeah, who get diagnosed with it. So yeah, it's a very, very important area.
4: Oh gosh, yes. I mean, yeah, he must be a a busy chap. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he, he got the brains in the family, that's for sure. But uh, how... Are they coming close to making any breakthroughs or is there still a long way away? I think they've still got a lot to do, but they have been getting
5: breakthroughs and lots of developments and stuff like that. He kind of travels around the world talking to different countries. Um, He is based in Germany, but yeah, he travels the world discussing what they found and everyone working together trying to develop these cures for this
4: horrible cancer. How interesting. Well, there there we go. Well, we have also put a link in the show notes to the petition. So you can go there and click on the link and sign the petition, which both Katie and I have already done. And also I've included a, a separate link. It takes you to the same website, but to the donation page. So if you feel that you would like to, you can also make a donation there and Jen has worded it much better than I can but yes totally agree with with your thoughts Jen for some light relief can we talk about Neil please yes (laughs) bless bless Neil first of all Neil likes watching repeats of keeping up appearances (laughs) I know I loved that bit isn't that wonderful with the bucket woman <laughs> but I do see some similarities between Hyacinth Bouquet and Susan, I would say. Definitely. And he is definitely Richard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> He is, but I just can imagine, you know, him sitting there watching them. I just, I just love that, and I like the fact that Jazzy reassured Neil that he'd done the right thing with George. Uh, I was like that, and yes, Neil was the one that said, you know, if if George isn't sorted out now, wh- where will it end? What's going to happen? Mm. So, I think Neil Neil deserves a, a medal for this week. I really do. Yeah, definitely. Good old Neil. Love him. Yes, <laughs> but thank you, Jen. That was a, a really superb call, one a much-needed one. And as I say, the link to the petition and donation are also in the show notes. So now let's go to Richard, who has a prediction about George.
10: Richard on a cider apple farm in South Somerset, also in Europe, in my view. I was wondering about the shrinking team, George. I was very struck by the fact that Ed, Will, and Emma seemed to be aware of the fact that Brad had been framed, set up, and lied about in their talking to George and hadn't done anything about it, which I think reflects very badly on their lack of a moral compass. I wonder how badly George was brought up and whether Emma feels guilty about it, and that's why she's in so much denial. And then pondering in plot prediction mode what else is going to go wrong? Will he make misogynistic remarks to Helen or someone in his new job? He's obviously going to screw up in different ways there. When the village fate bail, a bail lifting thing goes into action, will he be jeered and laughter and then start either verbally or physically attacking some of the, some of the audience. I suspect that in order to be a long-term character, he's going to be turned out to be quite good at some social media marketing stuff. And maybe that will be his route into some kind of independent existence. But I, as I said, I think his team is shrinking. The other thing that struck me is that Fallon, for all her business expansion plans, needs to get her basics in order. And there's a very simple technique called the order confirmation shield to start using before worrying about growing her business. Sort out the basics first. Bye.
4: Oh, thank you, Richard. Yes, on a cider apple farm in Somerset. Wonderful. Love love that. Hope uh, hope the cider is pleasant there. Yeah, what else is going to go wrong? I think you're absolutely right, Richard. Something else is is bound to happen. Will George react with the hail lifting at the Village Fate? Yes. And Fallon needing <laughs> to get the order confirmations. This cake nonsense wound <laughs> me up so much. It how at what point is someone going to tell her one or two cakes and it's it's so expensive to make a cake these days you know getting all the ingredients and these they sounded like they were towers of cake they were they were that big I didn't appreciate that and I didn't appreciate Harrison coming in and saying it's cakes and then if everyone at the party was like oh you've got two cakes no no that's nonsense don't mess with cakes um but yeah, I thought as well this week we heard Helen often feeling guilty when she shouldn't be. And yet there's no guilt from Emma. There's no remorse. I think if it was me, I would be really questioning myself. You know, you always do as a parent. Have you? Did you do the right thing? Have you brought them up the right way? And yet there's nothing there from Emma. Or, or am I reading it wrong, Katie? What do you think?
5: No, I, I agree. I, I think it is kind of, like I said before, with this whole blinkers thing, I think she's just very much, no, everything's fine. George is wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But it is going to start, she is going to start to realise. And I think she will then start to feel guilty as well. But it's, it's been needed a lot sooner than this. <laughs> it seems to have got lost. Mm. Um, but also I'd forgotten about that hay bale bit, actually, in, the, in this week's episode did George not realise how difficult it is to lift loads of hay bales?
4: Because he seemed to not be doing that well. So is it that you have so many hay bales and you get timed as to how quickly you move them? I did, I haven't researched that, I've
5: failed. Yeah. No, I'm guessing so. But he just seemed to really be struggling. And I, yeah, I would have thought that he'd maybe thought that's through before doing this whole, I'm going to lift all these hay bales.
4: Yes, because he does think he's, you know, this strong chap and I mm. don't oh, and he didn't tidy it up he just does nothing he does nothing to help he does nothing that makes him a, a pleasant person to be around but again maybe they needed that opportunity for him to talk to Will so that Will went to talk mm. to Neil and things moved on a pace but yeah I don't if I was invited to do a hay bale lifting competition I think I'd say no I'll be the one with the stopwatch <laughs> I think I'll be the one at the cider apple farm with yes. Richard. I think, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. But no, Richard's always spot on. And once more, that, that call was exactly that. So thank you, Richard. And now we go on to Pip, who is finally celebrating.
0: Hello, everybody in Dumpty Dum Land. It's Pip here from Swanton Heath. I'm just messaging to say, yes, so good to finally hear Ed and Emma and Will see the real side of George I think we've all been sitting there waiting for that moment for that penny to drop to see let them see what he's really like and not everyone rostering around trying to protect him because he's young George just oh god it's been infuriating but it's been fantastic to finally let them see his true colors and I'm listening talking about last night's episode which was Thursday nights and I listened to it Finishing my night shift driving home this morning and I couldn't help but cheer in the car. It was, yeah, brilliant. And so I just hope that everyone else gets to see it as well in terms of his grannies who are always there to defend him. And and also Oliver, uh, I think also, you know, just he's been there to defend him and give him, the, give him the chance that he really did not deserve. And I really hope Oliver, you know, retracts his offer of, You know, money and support. And I think George just needs to learn the hard way. So, more of that, please. Fingers crossed.
9: All right. Everybody keep
0: doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job. Really loving the podcast at the moment. Lovely to hear so many different presenters and everyone contributing. So, yeah,
9: keep it up. Thanks.
0: Bye bye. Loving all the different voices.
5: (laughs) Um, It's the one time that I have wished that the Archers was visual and not radio when George. just let rip. I would love to have seen all their faces. <laughs> and then it would have ended with kind of an East Enders dum-dum-da-da-da-dum. Da, 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 da. Definitely. And um, loving the fact that other people were cheering and shrieking and whatever along in the car as well, just like I was that morning.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think we were all sort of celebrating, but I'm just worried what's going to happen next. I was you know, the the shock of Emma slapping him. And I understand why she did it because he just pushed her and pushed her. But you know, he said, Yeah, I thought you wanted to talk. Is he yeah. just going to manipulate Emma even more and blame everything on Emma and that slap instead of being accountable for what he did? You know, it's just it gives him more ammunition to keep being nasty, George. And then they're going to have to run around and say, you know, Emma's going to have to, well, she doesn't have to. But I imagine she's going to say, oh, how sorry she is and all that nonsense. I just wish she hadn't slapped him because it gives him, he it, he thinks it gives him the moral high ground. Yes. And
5: he'll, he'll keep trying to play that sympathy card as well and keep bringing it back to that slap. And I just hope Emma's strong enough to kind of know, this is mm-hmm. why I did it. You deserved it, kind of thing, and move on from that rather than keep trying to play the sympathy card until she breaks down.
4: Yeah, I mean, will he go to Susan and tell her what Emma did, and Susan might take his side? Oh, there's enough rifts in these families in Ambridge. We need, you know, we need them to really see what's going on. But anyway, yes, Pip, you're right. We're celebrating at the moment. I just hope we can continue to celebrate and, uh, and not start worrying about what happens. I did think Friday was a bit of a of a letdown because the Friday episodes recently have been real humdiggers and this one was just uh, literally a bit of a wet sponge. <laughs> Brilliant. And, oh, thank
5: you. No, I agree. I feel like they got Friday and Thursday the wrong way round. Yes. Yes, I think they suddenly panicked because the twins' birthday was on the Friday. I think they were probably hoping it was going to be the Thursday, and then they could have done this. Ed, Emma, Will. Oh, yes. Good but then point. suddenly, Good were point. like, oh no, we've got the
4: days wrong. Yes, it's going to have to be a happy Friday. It's not not what we yeah, used to at which all, which was a bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Pip. Now we go on to Rob, who is calling in because of serendipity.
3: Hello there all, I wasn't going to do a caller in this week because I've subjected people to the uh, social media roundup, but I thought to myself, I have to say something this week because how often can we have the occasion where Rob calls in and chats with Pip and Kate? <laughs> I haven't really got much else to say, just serendipity. <laughs> Love you all, bye bye.
4: Rob is very naughty. He knows I hate being called huh. Pip. I didn't hate it until Pip came along in the Archers and grew up to be the person that she is. Uh, I hate being called Pip because of her. Do you? How do you feel about being called Kate? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Kate either. <laughs> <laughs> Our Rob will just be gleeful about it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, he's achieved his mission. So, yes, Rob, it did make me laugh, I have to say. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, now Rob knows it winds me up. I think he's going to use it even more frequently. So, uh, maybe I should Yeah, I, I think that's quiet. now going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right. And now we go on to Quentin Q My Q, who is calling in to help one of us.
11: Dear Dumpty Dummers. It's Q here. I feel that we should pause on the podcast and reflect on the distress of one of our number. We witnessed at Bridge Farm the destruction of a glorious cake. Judging by the splat, the hysteria, this cake was clearly loaded with a copious amount of buttercream. One dumpty dummer is both a purveyor and a consumer of any cake that is laden with buttercream. I speak of our dear Philippa. Can you imagine the trauma <laughs> she went through as she heard those children rolling about in all that buttercream on that plane? Philippa, you need to know you have our support, you have our understanding, and as Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake.
5: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. First of all, do you need to talk, Philippa? Are you okay? (laughs) Do we need to have a chat after this?
4: I need therapy. How can they have those kids rolling about in it and sliding in it? The utter outrage is unbelievable. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. I must say, though, Q is
5: definitely going to be the uh, Nigella of Dumpty Dom, I think. (laughs) He's got a very good cake
4: voice. (laughs) Honestly, when I heard that, I just laughed out loud. Uh, yeah, I mean who lets their kids slide in cake? I love the way Fallon said, you know, it's fine. And anyone who uses the word fine, you know, it it absolutely doesn't mean fine. It means I'm anything. But fine, the simmering fury, and and how? Why did they let? Them, are they teaching those kids that it's okay? Next time they go to a National Trust cafe, are the kids <laughs> going to be pulling out the cake and rolling in it? No, absolutely not. And oh, that's the most fun they've ever had in their lives. What sort of upbringing are those poor kids having? That rolling in buttercream? I mean, it's just. And if they've been rolling in buttercream and then they go in the house, you can imagine the mess on the car. Pit and the sofas it's just all levels of unacceptable and they kept talking about the buttercream I was like no because buttercream very important to me I just who lets their kids slide in buttercream it's <laughs> it's absolutely wrong there were lots of croissants this week Emma for Tony Susan for Jazza and Tracy and then these Bakewell tarts Katie I'm not a fan of a Bakewell tart I was traumatized by that what why yeah. Because if you can have a tart, you have a treacle tart with a Ooh. substantial quantity of cream on the top. I don't know, bakewell, it's just it's almost well, it's That's, medicinal more than anything.
5: <laughs> that is a good shout. I've not had a treacle tart in forever. But yeah, I would I would go bakewell tart. If there were kind oh. of cakes
4: laid out, I would get a bakewell. <gasps> but if you had a bakewell tart or a treacle tart, then if going back in the. I into think I'd go menu. treacle. That There we are. There we are. Or a mm. lemon tart. There are lots of other nicer tarts. I, I just think. never see a treacle tart. Oh, we must be mixing in different circles then, <laughs> Katie, because I'm <laughs> definitely seeing the treacle tart. I do like a nice treacle tart, especially when they put like little um, pecan nuts around the outside. Anyway, yes, very nice. Yes. In fact, pecan pie, that, is that a tart? What makes a we tart? We have only got an hour, <laughs> Philippa. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, sorry. I was just going off. (laughs) Quentin had just unleashed the the trauma (laughs) of me. Talking therapy is, yes. Anyway, yes. Thank you, Quentin. (laughs) (laughs) And now we go to Witherspoon, who is celebrating the meetup.
1: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa, Katie, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with a Spoon and Handsome Husband here on the train to Edinburgh after a great week in London, highlighted by meeting wonderful friends, old and new, on Monday. We are a great group of people. A special message to Matt. I may have accidentally erased a Facebook friend request from you. So please resend it. And please screw up the courage to call her in. And what a week it's been in Ambridge. Though note, I haven't listened to Friday's episode yet. I've never seen so many posts on our Facebook page. Kudos to Helen, first for dealing with the news about Rob and for standing up to Miles, who was being terribly manipulative. Second, for being the sanest person in your family and how you've dealt with it. A note to Tony, for your own mental health, you need to come to peace with the entire situation. And you should know that dying of a glioblastoma is not at all a pleasant way to go. Helen is understandably now struggling with what to tell her boys and wondering how they will process it in the years to come. That, of course, connects to George's story. We all know he's become a horrible human being with a particular antipathy directed towards women. We learned he has carried so much anger directed toward Will and Ed, but particularly toward Emma. The scriptwriters had planned for this, Very moment, some 18 years ago. Pretty amazing. So, if there's anyone in need of therapy, it's George. Seriously, his life could take a real bad turn if there's no intervention. And you know who seemed to be the most sensible in dealing with George? His father, Will. I've pointed this out before, but William has demonstrated a gradual evolution into being a better human being. Hopefully, his son can do the same. Talk to you soon
4: thank you, Witherspoon. Yes. What wise words from Witherspoon. I mean, it just summed it up brilliantly. And I'd love to see the photos of the meetup on the Facebook group. If you haven't had a look at them, do go on and see it. I was sorry I was still away on holiday, so I couldn't join the meetup. It looked like a huge amount of fun. Yes, when Helen's the sanest person of the week, that's that's saying something. And Harrison did helped Tony on Friday, thank goodness. Um, but I think that Witherspoon has summed it up much better. And yes, Will, better at dealing with it. Will did see, once he'd talked to Neil, he did seem to see much more clearly the problems with George and he was a lot more level-headed until George started going after Nick. Although I think it was Ed that reacted to what George said about Nick rather than Will. I think Will went qu- uh, quiet at that point. But yeah, Witherspoon, wonderful. Yeah,
5: no, the photos looked so good from the meetup. Although I'm kind of sad that we didn't get to see a Witherspoon in Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I feel like that would have been a great opportunity. <laughs> yes. You're going to make that happen now with a spoon. You're heading, <laughs> heading towards Scotland. Come on. That's, that's what we need to see.
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, who knew Helen would be the sanest person?
4: Yeah, it's saying something. But anyway, those are the calls. Thank you so much for calling in. We love them. Do call in next week. Now let's move on to Facebook. And we need to say an outdo to you, to Neil, Ruth, Kathy... Lynn,
5: Pauline and Carl. So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit down for the roundup with our Rob, or should I say Roberta, if we're playing with names.
3: Hi there, everyone. It's the other much nicer Rob with the social media roundup. This week's been a bit of a strange week in that there was a lot to talk about, but not a lot of storylines, really. One of the big ones was to do with George. George. He had a rude awakening at Barrow when he was sacked by his very own grandfather, Neil. And he proceeded to tell anyone who would listen how badly done by he was. One person who believed him was his mum, Emma. Helen Blackburn said, Emma was pure evil tonight. Hannah should go to the police. Emma made threats and Hannah should act on them. George is a vile misogynist and his mother is too stupid to see it. Sarah Ferguson added that Fallon won't be happy with Emma being so rude to Hannah. There's going to be ructions. The dismissal of George brought another example of how the archers affect us in our daily lives. Pam DeLay said, Train travel snacking. Sausage rolls at the pasty shop at Reading Station come in incognito packaging. So tasty, but if George Grundy loves sausage rolls, are we obligated to hate them? Worry not, dear Pamela, I think we can separate the sausage roll from the storyline. Our very own Jacqueline Berto took some time off from her well-earned break to drop as a line. I see trouble ahead for George. He thinks Tony wants him to do media stuff at Bridge Farm. Emma just negotiated a few hours veg picking for him. George will not be happy, he won't last a week there. He'll be furious with Emma, his misogyny will out. He's already called her out a few months ago, and Emma might then see the light. Helen Cook wondered, Why didn't Tony speak to Neil to confirm Emma's story, that the sacking was a misunderstanding before employing George? It would be like checking references, and Tony would surely understand that there are two sides to every story. If the sausage roll was a matter of gross misconduct for Barrow, what lies ahead for Bridge Farm's organic status? As if to follow on from that, Nicholas Nitsua said, George is an incel in waiting. This could be a long, rumbling and uncomfortable storyline. Paula Eggers agreed, saying, George is escalating incel behaviour and Will, Emma and Susan's roles as enablers. And then there's one of those little green emojis of a sicky face. Neil's got his number though. Well said that man. The boy needs a sharp and swift family intervention. But then the continuity announcers got involved. George goes too far with shocking consequences. I think it's fair to say that there was a lot of speculation following that. Gillian Corrigan was the closest though when she said probably running his mouth a little too much. And John Beasley summed it up with slow burn for 18 years, then pow. That's what separates the arches from your average soap. There was another talking point in the week and that was the long predicted medical condition of rotten Rob Titchener. Amy Gilbert summed it up with, So, I've just listened to tonight's episode, and I must say, for all the hatred of Rob in the past, that was an incredibly moving episode. You could tell that he was genuinely scared at the end, no matter what he's done in the past. I would never wish death on anybody. Truly superb acting by Tim Watson. I'll be honest and say that there was quite a lot said about Mr T, but I've made an editorial decision not to say too much about it. Rob Titchener has been written up as arguably the worst bad guy in soap history and the diagnosis was in some quarters met with feelings bordering on delight. However, a lot of our community found that hard to swallow. A lot of us, myself included, are either cancer survivors, sufferers or have lost loved ones to the disease. Regardless of how much we may have hated Rob and what he did, it still weighs a number of conflicting feelings. And I'd rather not delve too deeply into that particular quagmire. And that is it for this week. I look forward to another week of fun and frolics on the Dumpty Dum Facebook pages and hope to be in touch with all of you there. Be warned, though, when the chat starts, you can be there for hours. Take care.
4: Thank you so much, Rob. That was great. And thanks to everyone on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. Now, did we receive any podcast reviews this week? Yes, we did. We received three, and they were
5: all five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Our first review is from the Drago Mount Fitchett, otherwise known as Paul Newman slash Polly Perks. The reviews called Stephen and PP make an excellent pairing. Paul says, great points by caller in and excellent chat. Also, just really enjoyed completing the questionnaire for the dissertation. Looking forward to the variety of presenters at the moment. Greetings to all dumpty dummers out there, Polly Perks slash Paul Newman. Thanks so much, Paul, for that review.
4: Yes. Thanks, Paul. That's great. And our next review is from Ruffy. The review is called Long Form Archers Discussion. And Ruffy says, it's great to have access to a long form discussion series about a well done long term British radio show not commonly listened to in the USA. I like the intelligence, warmth and varied opinions of the presenters. The archers historical anecdotes and tidbits are really great, enlightening and the humour always enjoyable. Well, Thank you so much, Ruffy, for that review.
5: Our final review this week is from Weldeco. The review is called Dumpty Dum Delight. Dumpty Dum is a gen, affable, witty, knowledgeable host put together the musings of the Archers global listenership every week. Always funny, always insightful, and always worth a listen. Thanks so much, Weldeco, for that review. That's really nice.
4: I don't think they're going to think our oh, week's been very insightful. I have to say, mm, no. <laughs> M- mainly about cake. Yes. But the other weeks have been really insightful. Anyway, thank you for those lovely reviews. They mean so much to the whole Dumpty Dum team. Thank you. And now on to Twitter, where you will find us at Dumpty Dum. Make sure you include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired who use screen readers can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. As well as at Dumpty Dum, I can be found with my bookish musings at QuickBookReview with a three, not a W.
5: And I can be found at KTP Land. So let's find out who's won the Twitter medals
10: this week. Hello, it's Fry here. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week.
12: Hello, Philippa, Katie and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. And my thanks as ever to Bernadette, Jen and everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week on Twitter, we've been treated to a lot of expletives about George that can't really be discussed on a wholesome podcast like this one. Hannah came in for a lot of love, and Emma did not get much sympathy. The tweet-along also felt rather deprived of follow-up to that Grundy family scene by the focus on Bridge Farm for Friday's episode. We've all got used to the idea that Friday's episode might be the big one of the week, and somehow that didn't happen this time. But let's get to my medals for tweets of the week. And I'd like to give an extra honourable mention to the person who won gold, as he very nearly earned a second medal this week, with his tweet that had George explaining the difference between misanthropy and misogyny, given that he seems to hate everyone. In Bronze Position, it's a tweet that was set up by Bob Hawkins, at Salvatore Rosa, who explained that he was currently following Hashtag The Archers by tweet-along-alone as he was in Germany and trying to explain what being taken up Lakey Hill meant to incredulous Germans was just too much of an effort. But Patricia Clegg, at Patricia Clegg, replied, Die Bögenschützen, everyday story of country folk in Bavaria. Today, Edvard Grundig is in trouble with the Polizei for laying a patio on a Sunday, loving the idea of the German archers. The silver medal goes to Ian, at Ruther Meanwhile, Stella and Pip, haven't been seen for three days and are living on the contents of Brian's wine cellar and Ian's pizza van while they try to find the last remaining handcuff key. And the gold medal this week goes to James A. at Exeter Dormouse. So, where did George get his flair for judgmentalism, Susan? His nasty comments assuming the worst of people, Emma? His misogyny, Will? His manipulation of others, Eddie? His laziness, Joe and his relaxed attitude to rules, Clive, Alf, Joe and Eddie. You're right, James, it's a mystery how that lad ended up that way. Well, that's it for this week. Hope to see you all on Twitter next time.
4: Oh, thank you for that purple pumpkin and congratulations to all who were mentioned in this week's roundup, but especially these medal winners. In bronze, Patricia Clegg
5: at Patricia Clegg. In silver, Ian at Ruth Ian. And in gold, James A at Extra Dormouse. And don't forget, we're on Instagram. You're our head of Insta, aren't you, Katie? I am, yeah. You can find us at Dumpty Dum on Instagram. And if you just use the hashtag Dumpty Dum as well, make sure it's a T in the middle. And um, it's lovely to see different pictures and everything popping up. I've had a few kind of hashtags recently, so that's been quite nice to see some new
4: posts, and I get to share them in the stories and everything to keep an eye on those. oh, Super. Well, next week's episode will again be hosted by Katie and myself, as Stephen and Jacqueline are taking a well-earned break for a few weeks. Well, as we come to the end of this episode, we need to say thanks to all our wonderful contributors and to our social media supremos. The whole Dumpty Dum team are amazing. And we must say thank you to Shambridge for her voices and our podcasting parents, Lucy V Freeman and Royfield Brown. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. We're off now to try and fix the broken coffee machine at Barrow Farm. So it's a bye-bye from me. And it's a Tarara bit from me. dum Dumpty dum te dum Dumpty dum dum te dum dum-te-dum-te-da-da, dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-diddle-de-dum, dum-te-dilly-dum-te-dilly-dum-te-diddle-de-dum,
3: dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-dum-te-dilly-dum,